Hello, this is Mark and Steve, and welcome to the Flat Belly Cure. So, our debut episode. So, what we're going to be talking about, as we said in the original podcast episode, is anything to do with belly fat. Storing it, why you store it, how to get rid of it, and often the diseases that are associated with it. What we thought we'd do is kick off with a couple of major reasons that people store belly fat, and then some strategies to help you reduce that. Now, you might have heard us talk about this in some of our videos on the DVCC's Facebook page or Instagram or whatnot, but one of the major reasons people store fat around their stomach is due to sleep. Now, we read lots of research papers and lots of research, and I came across another one that only reiterated this to us, and I'll read it verbatim. I've got it written down here. A five-year study found that adults under the age of 40 who slept five hours or less a night accumulated significantly more visceral fat, but too much isn't good either. Young adults who slept more than eight hours also added visceral fat, but this relationship wasn't actually found in people over the age of 40. Hmm. So, interesting. Basically, it's saying, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's saying that too much sleep is bad and too little sleep is bad. Yeah, so essentially, so there's got to be an optimum amount of sleep. And most people actually, I think, know that sleep's good for them, certainly know that they miss sleep. When you haven't had enough sleep, you know about it. Uh, I think probably what affects a lot of people, though, is actually being able to get good quality sleep. So speak to a lot of people. And it's not that they don't know that they need sleep or that they're not trying to get sleep. It's that they're struggling to actually get the right quality of sleep. Quality so of sleep. That, they're just struggling to get mm-hmm. to sleep. So maybe they want to get into bed for seven and a half hours of sleep, but they're actually just not getting to sleep because they're there lying on their backs with their mind worrying at a million miles an hour. And that's often quite a common problem. And actually it links in, I know, we, I know you've already touched on sleep being one of the biggest causes or lack of sleep, inadequate sleep being a, a cause of um, belly fat storage, but that actually links because that links with chronic stress. So when you're not sleeping well, you're actually uh, going to be chronically stressed. Your body is this, in this sense, going to be chronically stressed. So the two things we're really thinking about today are the cause belly fat are chronic stress and sleep, and they kind of link together. So what can often happen is if you are stressed, in whatever capacity that could be, there's different types of stress in your body, but mental stress, physical stress, food can become a stress, alcohol, things like that. In fact, I'll, I'll stop in there because I've got another quote from another research paper about stress, and it's in the study of women's health across the nation, middle-aged women who showed more hostility and had more depressive symptoms also had more visceral fat, but not more subcutaneous fat. In other studies, higher levels of the stress hormone cortisol were associated with a buildup of visceral fat even in So what is women. visceral fat? You're just throwing it around willy-nilly. Uh, you want me to answer that? Well, I so will, yeah. he's just gesturing at me. But basically, visceral fat is the fat that you store around your organs. So Mark, when Mark said subcutaneous, that was the stuff you store closer to your uh, to your skin. So the visceral fat, and you may have heard of this or read it in the paper, that that's the bad type of fat, really. That's the one that really is linked to a lot of health issues, diseases, and things like that. It's really the one that you don't want. And actually, if you're storing fat on your stomach, then it will often be visceral fat that you're actually storing around those organs. So that's the one you really want to take care of and try and get rid of. So, which is kind of the aim of this podcast. It's quite uncommon for one to be without the other or in the end for them to be separate. So you're not going to be generally, but there are some cases where you're extremely lean and then have high amounts of fat around your organs. Generally, they do go hand in hand because across the spectrum, it's normally due to chronic stress, chronic sleep. Well, if you're chronically stressed 
uh, or you know, you're not getting enough <clears> sleep, that's going to cause storage around your stomach anyway, which is going to be visceral fat. So let's try and tackle these one at a time, even though they do kind of uh, go hand in hand. Let, well, let me ask you a question. For most people, they can't get to sleep. So what could they do? First and foremost, pre-thinking about any supplements or anything else like that, I would suggest, and this isn't me suggesting, this is a lot of researchers suggesting, and we've tried it out with hundreds and hundreds of clients, is to get a bit of a routine towards their bedtime. So what happens currently for a lot of people, and I'll admit I'm, I'm sometimes bad at this, is you uh, have dinner, you get the kids to bed, and then you go to bed, you're on your mobile, put your mobile to one side, and then you expect to sleep. And that's pretty much what happens for most people because we're all pretty busy. Generally, we don't prioritize sleep. But what you want to be doing is ramping down for sleep. So whenever you have a pretty much a newborn, it's often talked about getting them into a sleep schedule. And routine. I know for my nephews, they're, I think it's six o'clock, they go to have their bath, and then it's quiet time getting ready for bed and they have quiet time and then they go up to bed and they know it's bedtime and you can see them gradually ramping down and ready so their to bodies sleep. start to know, right? Exactly. But for some reason we stop that as we grow older because we want to, we want to constantly be doing things. But children want to constantly be doing things. However, they know due to the routine that it's time for them to go to bed and then they will get a generally good night's sleep. So what you're all. saying is that you need a nighttime routine. Exactly that. And that one that gradually um, kind of relaxes you, takes you away from computer screens, phone screens, things like that, um, stops your mind focusing on all the different day's activities and actually um, gets you ready to have a deep restful sleep. So a few strategies for that. I personally or we personally like writing down what's happened in that day. So often they say to stop people thinking about things because obviously good things happen in the day, bad things happen in the day and you tend to focus, it, focus on them at night, what is a good way of stopping you doing that is simply writing them down. So it might be in a form of a grateful log, it might be in the form of a journal, whatever you want, but writing them down generally has been shown to stop you thinking about them and stop your mind whirling and whirling and whirling with them in there. So that would be one of the first strategies that I would suggest. Uh, another one would be making sure that the room is pitch black. Yeah. That's yeah. very important. Um, so... Part of the thing, and check this, because this is easy to happen, that there's no little um, gizmos in your room that are emitting a light. And I actually just thought about that. I've noticed that I have, there's a sonar speaker in the room, and if we don't turn it off at the wall, then there's just this white light. that's quite bright, actually, when you're supposed to have a pitch black room. And that will impact your sleep, because actually they've shown studies that, uh, I think, oh, I can't even remember the amount of light, but a tiny bit of light on someone's knee affected um, all the hormones they produced and the sleep quality as well. And also um, your iPhone or your whatever kind of phone you have is obviously you want it to be on flight mode even out of the room if possible. I've actually just bought a, um, a clock so I can get rid of my iPhone using my alarm. I've just found, I've had it for a week and I've just found that I've got my clock and my iPhone next to it so I need to get rid of my iPhone from the room. But you want to be getting rid of, like Stephen said, electricals, things that emit any form of electrical current, even no matter how small, and you want to be in a pitch black room. They're another really good, simple Well, and another good idea that you can do routine-wise is read for a little bit, but like not business reading or anything like that. It wants to be fictional, something that's quite relaxing, even if it's only for 15 minutes. It'll just take your mind off worrying around. Because if you think about it, like you don't start a car from 
leaving it overnight and then just expecting it to be able to turn on and go to full speed. But that's essentially what we're doing. We're literally going through full speed in our day and then slam on the brakes and we expect everything just to have turned off, but it just doesn't work, work that way. Essentially like a car, the engine stays warm for a while. Oh, there we go. Love nice so there are a couple of simple strategies. We're not going to go on to supplements like magnesium and things that can help, but do those first. And then we'll, in later podcasts, we'll talk more about um, supplement strategies that if you're doing those things that we've already mentioned, that they could potentially um, work and help you even further. But as stress and sleep are connected to each other, let's move on to stress because I think that's a good one. It's a tough one for people to sometimes address. I was speaking to a few people over the last couple of weeks and they were saying how um, stressful their jobs are and that it, they really struggle. And obviously one of the main ways to reduce stress is to er- eradicate stress. Obviously that's not going to be possible for a lot of people. Um, so give us and give me, let's see if you can teach me something, some ways of handling stress to hopefully reduce fat storage around the stomach. Well, okay, so it's essentially thinking about handling stress, and that as a side project essentially means that you're not going to store body fat around your stomach because of the lower levels of cortisol, which is your stress hormone. So quite a few different ways of doing this. Now, obviously, it depends on the type of stress, but maybe if we just talk about the type that most people are under, which is kind of overwhelm of all the different things going on in life, Um, they say that now with technology, we've got so many more things that we're having to handle. So everyone would assume that being in the war, the war, the Second World War, First World War, whatever war, would have been more stressful than, say, the life we're living now. It's a different type of stress. So our bodies are better able to cope with that type of stress, fight or flight type of scenario than chronic lower levels, but still too high for us every single day, um, where we have so many different things going on, so many different opportunities and things um, that we're having to constantly try and um, choose between lots of different things. So, which is why there's been such a big amount of information and drive towards mindfulness and meditation. So, I personally uh, meditate. I have done for two years now. We both do. We both do. And we do a type of meditation. Now, there's a million different types. So, I don't particularly think it matters what type you find that works for you. So, it's to do with mindfulness. And what, what that essentially means is that we have so many different things going on that when you are, I think it was, it, I saw a study or a stat that 40% of our day, when we're doing something, we're thinking about something else. Yeah. So for example, if you're washing the dishes, you know, if you're one of those people that doesn't have a dishwasher, then you'll be thinking about something else. You'll think about the children, their homework, whatever they, something else, but it's certainly not thinking about the dish, uh, the washing machine, or sorry, the doing of the dishes. So that's true in everything. So most of the time, we're thinking about something else whilst doing something. So that is when we're not being mindful. So being mindful means being in the moment and focusing on the task that you're supposed to actually be doing, which has been proven to be much, much better for us. You will not be as stressed when you're focusing on the task in hand than if you're thinking about all the different things. Because let's be honest, most of the time we're thinking about things that aren't going well. And you only have to, you'll hold a conversation with um, some of your friends, potentially colleagues, and you'll see them glance up at their phone because it buzzes, or you see uh, them constantly looking at their phone or holding their phone. And you only have to look at your, probably your mobile to see how many notifications you're getting. I remember I was getting loads of emails a day and it was kind of stressing me out because I don't like having that little red button. And they say there's a syndrome, I think it is, where someone can't handle seeing a notification on their screen. So all I did was remove the emails and batch them so I didn't get to see those notifications. But like Stephen says, I think we underestimate how many different 
things are pulling at us and different notifications, different... Well, you have an iWatch, don't you? And I, I always no think watch, that yeah. that's not the smartest move because that constantly gives notifications. I've changed it around so it doesn't give me too many notifications now, actually. But yeah, you're right. It is. And it's just another another thing that's pulling at your attention, stopping you from being mindful in the moment. So that is why uh, the two 20-minute sessions we do a day separately um, of meditation, effectively, they're the most amount of time where we don't have something else trying to get part of your time, really. And whether that's self-inflicted because you have your Facebook notifications, you have whatever on your phone, whether that's self-inflicted or not, generally for a mother, a business person, whoever is listening to this, you will have lots of responsibilities and lots of people probably relying on you. I'm just thinking about my own morning routine. Horrendous, actually. First thing I do after I meditate is... Check your mobile. Check. Well, take my mobile, check it, and then that's my day begun. But So I get 20 minutes of silence essentially but then my phone's with me and I actually I can improve that that's, yeah that's not and so this is the whole point with this podcast is we, we don't sit here spouting uh, things because we're perfect at all it's just what we've learned and what we've experimented with clients but like we're hoping these conversations will actually make us realize what we need to improve on and then we will go along the journey with you because we're going to be like Stephen says he'll be trying to make it so he doesn't check his phone until after I don't know when after a certain period. After I've worked out in the after morning. After you've worked out in the yeah. morning. But that could be the same for you. But with the meditation thing, I find that if I'm doing it twice a day, it just feels a lot like I'm in more control than if I'm just doing it once a day. Because the morning one, I can always do. Because the first thing I do, I wake up early, wake up at five, and then meditate straight away. I just sit up in bed um, and then just meditate then. which is So it's pretty easy. It's no distractions to stop you from doing it. The afternoon one, tough you one. have to actually kind of make yourself do. And it's always worth doing, 100% worth doing, but you have to make yourself do it. But I've been finding it kind of builds. It's like compound interest, I think, meditation, in that, you know, first couple of sessions, you maybe don't feel that much different. But I've been doing it very, very consistently again, because I just dropped off doing the second part of the day one um, for a few months, actually. And now I've been consistently doing it for the second week, I think it is. Yeah. And I just start to feel... Like you, it's almost like um, they say. Imagine you're on a war, like on a you're leading a battle. You're a general. You can stand back and look at all the things you're going on in your life, as opposed to feeling like you're in the middle of the battle yourself. And this comes round from the stress conversation. It's uh, if you can't remove the stress, you can learn to handle it better. So meditation is one way that we found that has helped us brilliantly to handle stresses, basically. And the better you can handle stress, the more likely you are to not store fat around your stomach. So I think we've uh, gone on long enough. We're going to try and keep these below 20 minutes. Uh, This is below 20 minutes for this first one. Uh, What we want you to do, so carry on this conversation in wherever you hear it. Subscribe on iTunes and you'll be able to always get notifications of the latest episode. Or if it's in Facebook, do comment below. Let us know what you think, if you're going to try any of these strategies. And then finally, share it and let your friends in on the secret, the flat belly cure. If you want to visit any of our DVCC gyms, we open our 30-day body transformation trial once a month. You can get on the pre-sale list. Just go to www.thedvcc.com. Otherwise, until next time, thanks for listening. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.